Hi, friends. Welcome to Unyielding, a podcast for Pathways to Hope Network. Our goal for this podcast is to connect with mothers of children facing the juvenile court system. We want to use this platform to give a voice to the challenges you're facing while you're learning to navigate the sometimes scary and uncertain world we enter when our child has been charged with a crime. For the next 30 or so minutes, we hope that you will feel seen and cared for. We hope that you are reminded of your value and that you leave a little stronger than you arrived. We hope you are reminded that you have sisters out here who silently walk beside you in solidarity. Most importantly though, we hope to honor the always beautiful, often heart-wrenching, unyielding love that a mother has for her child. Hey friend, if you've been following along, you know that we have been doing a series of interviews that offer different perspectives from different people. And it has been such a blessing. But can I be honest with you for a minute? When I started this podcast, it felt scary to be vulnerable with you, but it's become more of a safe space lately. See, I know what to expect, and I trust myself to be open, honest, and transparent. Wrapping my mind around interviewing others was a challenge for me. See, every time I put myself out there differently, it requires me to believe a little more in this mission. Behind this microphone, it's easy to forget that I'm just a mom too. A mom who still doesn't have all the answers and never will. A mom who, looking back, got a lot of things wrong. A mom that doesn't show up here under the guise of having it all figured out, but instead a mom who knows that until my last breath, I will be on a constant journey of learning how to show up better for others and better for myself. I always say this process of parenting is about the long game. It's a little movement forward and then a little shift back. It's about learning the rhythm, the ebbs and flows. It's about giving ourselves grace and learning to love each version of who we are along the way. For us, these podcasts are about accepting life's invitation to keep growing. And these interviews are about reminding us that even though it may feel like we're stuck, we're still moving forward. We're opening our hearts and minds to other ideas and challenging beliefs that may be keeping us from moving forward. In today's episode, our guest is Pete Feliciano. Pete graduated college with a degree in law and justice and a master's degree in counseling. He has recently retired from an extensive career working with hundreds of families in the Thurston County Juvenile Court as a probation counselor for the last 32 years. Pete is also a husband and a father of two with years of experience coaching youth sports in the community and sat on the very first board of directors for Pathways to Hope Network. Over the years, he has been a strong voice advocating for children and families in our community, and I am so grateful that he is here to provide us with some insight into the world of probation. Welcome to the show, Pete. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Angie. It's, it's really great to be here. I'd like to first talk a little about probation. In my experience, parents walking beside their child through the legal system don't typically understand what the legal process will look like and what to expect when their child's case is resolved. What would you say is the biggest misconception about probation or probation counselors? Probably, you know, I think there might be a couple answers to that, but I think one misconception is 
we see often where a child goes through the court system, ends up with a probation counselor, and parents oftentimes feel like that probation counselor is going to solve all of the problems. That probation counselor is going to help their child make the changes, stop getting in trouble, help the kid have a better attitude, and and it's going to happen by next week. Yeah, yeah. And of course, that doesn't happen. And and that's often the case where parents are beside themselves. They're they're really struggling with their child's behavior and attitude, and and they're really scared for their child. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, probation is not a magic wand. I can't solve all the problems, but the probation counselors at Thurston County Juvenile Court are just hardworking, caring, huge-hearted people who want the very best for these kids. And Mm -hmm. change change does happen, but it just takes some time. Um, So, you know, one of the big misconceptions is, okay, now my kid's on probation and um, everything's better. Yeah. And, and sometimes it is, sometimes it is better. Sometimes that consequence standing in front of the judge, the kid hearing, you know, you're on probation. Um, these are the conditions of your probation. Um, a lot of kids begin to work really hard to change, but most often it, you know, of course it takes, it takes time. And then I think there's, there's another misconception that sort of the opposite of that, I suppose that I, I, you know, you're not, this isn't doing any good. You're you're not going to be able to help my kid. I don't trust you. Um, I don't trust Mm -hmm. the system. All you want to do is lock my kid up. Um, All you do Mm -hmm. is want to tell me as a parent what I'm doing wrong. So the opposite extreme or the opposite um, situations that you are just going to punish my child and you're just going to tell me how bad of a parent I am. Yeah. That, that's another misconception. And, and um, when we get a kid on probation, we work hard to identify the high risk aspects of that child's life. Blame is, is not where we want to go. Helping the family and the child make all the changes and, and grow and learn and learn new skills is really where we want to be. As a probation counselor, we, you know, we don't want to hold parents accountable. We just want to help change. Yeah. It's interesting that you came up with those two misconceptions because I, I was thinking about that prior to our interview, I was thinking about the parents that I come in contact and that there's, there's, they usually are on um, one of two ends of the spectrum and they're either just like, I, I need help. And like, this is going to be the thing. And I'm, and until this happens, like, you know, I'm, I'm never going to move forward and, and my child needs this. And this, these are the consequences that they need, because I think they are at a place where like, they have tried everything, you know, everything that they can think of, they have tried and they've exhausted themselves. And so now they're like, okay, finally, this will be the thing. Or they're in the completely opposite space where they're being ruled by their fears, what this means for their child, what this means for their family, what this means about them as a parent, if their child 
is found guilty of a crime and does have to go on probation. And so most of the time it is kind of one or the other of those. So what disadvantage do these misconceptions create for the family and the probation counselor who will be assigned to working with them? Let's talk about the misconception that now that my child's on probation, you know, this is going to be the the magic cure for everything. What's what's the disadvantage um, that that misconception creates for a family? Well, um, I always made it really clear early. I'm not the parent. I don't want to take all of your authority. I don't want to take your power. I'm here to support you. If a parent believes I'm going to help their child or, or make all the changes, um, then it takes away right. their power and control as a parent. And, and I, you know, you never want to do that. Um, mm, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes um, I, I would have that power and control. I would be the person who the kid answered maybe to first, I suppose. And, and you know, there are a lot of parents who would say, I'm calling Pete. I'm calling Pete. I'm calling Pete. If you don't do that, I'm calling Pete. Yeah. And there are, there are extreme situations where it's so volatile in the home. It's, it's so stressful. Yeah. Could be a million different reasons why there's just a huge gap between the parent's authority and the child's ability to recognize and respect that authority. And, um, and, and, and so for a period of time, I, I would sort yeah. of take that role where, okay, I'm, I'm going to make a lot of these decisions and, and yeah, they, they'll call me when, when they need to, but it's, it's not what we want as a probation counselor. We, we want to support the, the, the parents in the home and really narrow that gap between, you know, the, the lack of respect, the, the lack of trust uh, that's been built for for whatever reasons. So if a parent comes in and says that first office appointment, hi, Pete, it's really nice to meet you. Here's all of my power and control and authority. Uh, fix my kid. And, you know, so, sometimes it's said pretty darn close to that. Yeah. So um, I'm a parent and, right. you know, authority and power and control and the love and that we have for our kids is really, really important. Uh, and so um, I, I never wanted to take that from them. And, and, and I want the, the kid, I want the youth to, to have more trust and respect. And, and trust yeah. and respect is something we talked about constantly. And so if, if a parent's going to expect me to fix all, everything, then they're giving me way too much power. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, I mean, that's, that's um, oftentimes a, a conversation I would have with the parent, just the, just, the, just the parent alone or parents or support system on the phone or in a different office appointment and make it really, really clear. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to help you through this and support you, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the parent. I'm not going to do your job. That wouldn't be right for you and it wouldn't be fair to you and it wouldn't be fair to your to your child and 
and we're going to all work together to help all of you get through this. And, and it always works better than, and, and it's very effective. It is effective. Yeah. I think, like I was saying before, I think that as on that end of the spectrum, like as parents are kind of going through this process and they feel like they're just, they're out of resources. They don't know what else to do that. It, it's easy to kind of just slide you right into that role. But I love that, that you guys work really hard at reestablishing and re-empowering parents who are in that position with some support and that that looks very different than them doing it alone but that um, it is about them being continuing to be empowered as the parent of that child and not not taking that away from them. What disadvantage does the flip side of it uh, create for families? So for families who feel, you know, like th there's no trust established there right off the bat, they're feeling like, you know, you're, you're going to come in and, and try and I don't know. Sabotage. Um, yeah. Sabotage what's going on here. Or you're just trying to punish my child or, you know, it, it's a kind of this us against them mentality. What disadvantage does that misconception create for the family? Well, um, it creates a, a wall. It creates a, a boundary between, you know, first of all, we have a court order. We have a disposition order that says, okay, young adult on probation, here are some court-ordered conditions and rules that you need to follow. If a parent is overtly saying or, or otherwise sending the message that it's not to be respected and, and followed through with, uh, the, the kid's going to have an excuse to not follow those rules. The kid's going to have a good reason in his or her mind to say, Pete, I, you know, I'm not doing that. And so it, it, it creates... A, a difficult situation right off the bat to where these are the rules and, um, and, and you got to follow those rules. It's a court order. It's really, really important. And you hear because you committed a crime and you hear because you got to prove, you need to prove to the community that, that you can abide by these rules. It, it also sort of sets up a situation where when we meet in my office and I, you know, I've always taken a very therapeutic approach to my job. Um, lots of talking, lots of communicating, lots of sharing. And if a parent's relaying the message that I don't have any credibility and I'm not someone to be trusted or respected, change is difficult. So um, it, it sets up a pretty, pretty thick wall for that kid, you know, most of our kids need our permission to tell the truth. Most of our, our kids need our permission as parents to follow the, the guidelines of others. And whether it's teachers, probation counselors, other adults in the community, um, kids, kids need their parents' permission uh, to sit down, sit still, and, and hear and follow these guidelines. So um, it, it, can, it can set up a pretty thick wall uh, for the kid who you know, may, may not want to change anyway. Yeah. So it, uh, it, it creates a big challenge for the probation counselor. Oh, that's good. So to help set the record straight, then let's, let's spend a little bit of time talking about the basics of what probation is and the purpose that it serves. So probation is, is community supervision. Uh, a youth 
commits a crime in our community, they appear before a judge. And as a consequence, they're required to be on probation, community supervision for a period of time. Sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years, depending on the offense committed. Community service hours, school requirements in the community, requirements at home they have to follow, counseling, drug and alcohol, treatments, um, evaluations, that sort of thing. So it's, it's a consequence for the crime. It's an alternative to incarceration, oftentimes. The juvenile court, especially in the state of Washington, especially in Thurston County, juvenile court works really, really hard to help youth stay out of juvie, stay out of jail. Um, that's our last option, really. So it's, it's an opportunity for the youth and the family, support system parents to work with a probation counselor to help make changes uh, in the home, in the family, in the family system, and in the mindset of the kid. And it's support. The goal is to be a huge support system. And it's also potential consequences for the youth if conditions of probation or behavior in the community is inappropriate. Uh, it, it's a potential consequence from you know, detention time to other restrictions like house arrest or, you know, sometimes we take a cell phone away. Sometimes we take the video games away, but it's, it's intended to be first and foremost, a, a support system. And I'm a firm believer in a therapeutic approach along with appropriate consequences is what helps all of us do better and, and make the changes we need to make. Yeah. Part of my purpose for this podcast is to front load people with as much information as possible. I think when we know that something is coming up ahead, we're better able to prepare ourselves for it and to be intentional about how we show up. And like I said before, so much of this process is outside the boundaries of our control. So I think that having even a small place where we feel like we have an understanding of what's up ahead makes a big difference. So what could parents going through the legal process begin doing today that would set them up for a more successful outcome um, in the future if probation is where they end up landing? So I'm a firm believer in not having blind trust in anything. As a probation counselor, um, it's really important to me to earn trust and respect. I ask parents to have that door cracked at least. Please try and understand as a system, as a whole, judges, defense attorneys, probation counselors, even prosecutors want the best for your child. It may not always sound that way. It may not always look that way. Uh, the system can be a grind. If your child is going through the process of the pretrial system and charges are pending, it's an absolute grind. And sometimes it just seems to take uh, and, and does sometimes just take forever. Uh, depending on the case and the complications of the case, um, the severity of the cases, sometimes sometimes it takes months. I've had cases take a year and a half, pushing two years to resolve. And a, a kid is, is on probation conditions, essentially conditions of release 
for a year, for a year and a half, it, it's, it's a grind. It's, it's brutal. And it's frankly unfair. So as a parent, work hard to be patient at it, work hard to communicate. There are probation counselors that'll spend time with you and talk with you and answer any questions that you have, ask those questions. And if you're frustrated, if you're scared, if you're concerned, if, um, if you're not trusting it, ask the questions and, and let us know how you feel. How you feel is important to us. As probation counselors, how you feel as a parent is important to us. And we will try really hard to help you feel better about the process, but it's a grind. It's a tough, it's a really tough situation. We understand that if, if, a, if a parent's having negative thoughts and feelings and having negative conversations about all of this, that's going to feed into the child. That's going to feed into the youth. And, and then when I get the kid and parents in my office, it's going to, it's just going to be more difficult um, because yeah. trust and respect is, um, is where we all want to be. Mm-hmm. Work hard. If you're not getting answers, go to the next level, go to supervisors, mm-hmm. go to the next level, uh, talk to somebody else in the building. You're the parent. You deserve answers. Um, you deserve to know what's coming next. And, and not everyone communicates as well as they should. I worked really hard to be a huge communicator to parents. That's really important. I, I can only imagine what it's like uh, for parents to go through this process. So I worked really hard to communicate and nobody wants surprises in this, in these kinds of situations. Right. So, right. you know, I encourage all the parents to communicate, ask questions, send emails, make phone calls. Um, for most of us, probation counselors, email uh, is the, is the best way to communicate and just ask the questions that you have and, yeah. and let us help you through the process. Yeah. I love that. That's great advice. Pete, you have so much experience working with families, and I'm sure that you've seen some families stumble through the process and others who were able to thrive despite the the setback. What would you say are one or two things that you witnessed the families who were able to bounce back and keep moving forward do? It's really important for parents to be very clear that their child committed a crime. I guess it sounds a little silly to say it like that, but to be very clear that their kid did this and, and that's a process too, right? So while charges are pending, a lot of parents know, yeah, this is what my kid did. It's just a matter of how is this gonna get resolved and what are the consequences going to be and what's it gonna look like? For some parents, my kid did not do this. My child is innocent. They're lying. They're lying. Um, there's no way. And, and I can understand that too. At the end of the court process and when probation begins, when a family, when parents, when the support system really recognize, yeah, this, this is what you did. It's okay. You did it. There are consequences for that. If you work really hard, the consequences are temporary. You're going to get through this. Pete's going to help you get through this. We're going to help you get through this. We're going to support you. 
And if you're not doing the things you need to do, we're going to call Pete. Um, we're not going to lie for you, and but we're going to we're going to continue to love you and support you and get you through this, help you get through this. I I said it all the time to the young adult: you're driving this bus. Probation is the bus. You're driving it. We're all in the seats behind you. We're going to say, hey, take a right turn here, take a left turn here. There's a stop sign coming up. Don't you know? Don't go there. We'll give you some guidance and you know and, and support you, but you're driving it. Um, you're going to make those decisions, and then we're going to support you. Or if that decision yeah. is the wrong decision, you make that wrong turn. <clears throat> I'm going to be right here to hold you accountable. And so when families, parents, support systems really buy into that, and because again, empowering the kid, empowering the youth. Uh, to make the changes um, is really important as well. So the, right. the youth is driving the bus. Parents aren't going to do that job for them. Right. Parents are not on probation. Either son or daughter's on probation. And I always, you know, I always said, listen, it's gonna, it might feel like you're on probation, but you're not. And so you're not going to do the job for your kid. They're going to do it. And at the end of this, yeah, I would say to the young adult, you're going to be really proud of yourself because this is a big deal. This is a lot of work. I'm pretty demanding. Prosecutors are demanding. Judges are demanding. Our community is demanding. And when you do this and when you're successful, it's, an, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing accomplishment. You screwed up. You made some choices. You're held accountable. You took responsibility. And then you're going to grind your way through the six months or a year or two years of probation yeah. and you're going to do it. You can do the work. And at the end of this, it's going to be your accomplishment. And when a parent is able to do that and support that and, and take that at least half a step back to let their young adult child um, do that work. Right. then at the end of it, probation is not needed. Right. And so that's the goal. Your kid's going to make the right choices. Um, and we have a young adult instead of a little kid who's, you know, doesn't feel like he or she can make all the right decisions. So it, it, it starts out as a, as a negative in so many different ways. But when there's hard work and honesty and trust and respect built, the, the young adult completes probation and, it's, um, and they're really proud of themselves because it's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. So kind of the first thing that stood out to me when you were talking was parents um, getting to a place of acceptance with, with the charges and with what's happening and the mistakes that their child made. And then I also heard you talking about like not taking ownership um, for the child, allowing the child to take ownership of the process that they need to go through to, to write this, to, to be able to account for what happened and how when we when we try to step in and be on probation with them you know when we're the one that's monitoring everything then um we're setting up that cycle to just continue and so as hard as it is it does require parents uh, to acknowledge what's going on and and what happened and the mistakes that were made and then to to fully release that to the child and to allow them to be the one to make the necessary adjustments without getting involved. Yeah. And that's, in that's scary, right? That's, that's scary. Cause, cause now they have this guy, Pete, 
who has all of these other tools for potential consequences that are really scary. And that's, that's, a, that's a scary thing for a parent, but it is a really, really important part of the process. And, and you said, yeah, be on probation with them and sometimes be on probation instead of them. Yeah. Right? And so, I mean, I worked with parents who would take all the responsibility. If, if there's a violation of probation conditions, a parent would take all, full responsibility for it. That's no, it's my fault. And no, it's not your fault. Your yeah. son or daughter made that choice. And part of that, you know, part of the taking that half, a, at least half a step back is in my job, it, it was important to really help the parents understand your kid's really important to me. Your kid doing well is really important to me. And if your kid violates probation and, and makes a bad choice, I, I'm not here to throw them in jail for the next 90 days. I'm, I'm not I'm not here to chop your kid's head right. off. I'm, I'm not here to to hammer your son or daughter. We're, the first thing we're going to do is sit and talk about what he or she did, why he or she did it, how it came to be, and and problem solve and and create a situation where that high risk behavior you know, he doesn't he or she doesn't do it again. So so yeah. again that that goes to the more parents began to trust me, the easier it was for them to take that step back and allow their kid if the if the kid um, is going to make the wrong choice, then they make the wrong choice. There'll be yeah. a consequence, but it it's not going to be a consequence that ends everything. As a probation counselor, I, I really right. had to recognize that. And some parents walk through the door and they trust me in that sense right away. And and sometimes there's zero trust. And, you know, so that I, I had to work hard for that. We, we have to work hard for that. And I get that. I get that trust has to be earned. And it's I said it. I would say it out loud. I hope you can trust me because you don't know me, but I will work really hard to build your trust and respect. And the more you do, the more you're going to the easier it is for you to let me help you and let me help your, your child. So if, if we had a parent who was trying to do this, was trying to, you know, listen to this podcast and they go in and they're like, okay, I'm gonna like fully accept this is where we are at. And I'm going to allow this to fully be my child's. What is, what's a way that they might be trying to do that, but could get it wrong. Like what would, what would the extreme version of that be? That would be like, now it's counterproductive. Well, I, I think one is if their child feels they're doing this on their own. Hey, you did this. This is your problem. It's not my problem. You did this. You have to deal with the consequences. You have to do the work, but I'm here to support you. And I'm going to help you do the work, but I'm not going to do the work for you. And so um, sometimes it would go too far where it's, it's the kid on his own, her own. And the message is, you, you got to do this. And I'm, this, this isn't my fault. This is your fault. So, and yeah. again, the, yeah, the kid did it, kid's responsibility. But the, the bus analogy is something I always went back to where we're not getting off the bus. You're driving the bus. We're not going to get off the bus and leave you driving this bus all by yourself. We're not even getting in the back of the bus. We're sitting right behind you. And, right. Uh, but, but it's your work to do. We're not going to leave you to it um, all on your own. And it's not going to be a situation where it's, it's all your fault and it's it has nothing to do with us as your parents. And I would frequently say, 
this is a family thing. It's not an individual thing. It's not your fault, mom, dad, entirely. And young adult, youth on probation, there are a lot of factors that went into you making these decisions, you committing a crime and essentially victimizing our, our community. Um, we're going to work on those things, but you're not going to do this on your own. So, you know, yeah, an extreme can be, and, and it does, it does happen sometimes where parents don't take a half a step back or a step back. They take 10 steps back. Yeah. And it's too overwhelming for a kid to do this all by themselves. They, they need all the support they can get. Yeah. I imagine that creates a whole new set of problems also when that happens. It, it, it does. And, um, and, and over the, you know, 32 years of doing the job, there were times when I had a, a young adult on probation and a parent essentially divorced themselves of the situation and refused to participate and refused to be any part of it. And it changes the, dyna- the dynamics of everything. And you know, no 15, 16, even 17, 18 year old is, is prepared to, to do it all on their own. It's just, it's really, really difficult. Yeah. I love the bus analogy. I feel like that's something that's going to stick with me. That was really helpful. This has been um, amazing information and such a blessing. You know, one of the hardest parts of having a child facing criminal charges is the unknown. And today you played a huge role in helping parents to bridge that gap. And I'm so grateful to you, Pete. I know you came on this show today uh, because you have an incredible heart for others. And the fact that you are doing this on your own time just goes to show your commitment to this community and these families. So to wrap up this episode, what's the one big takeaway you want listeners to get from this episode? Um, Our our community is really important to us as probation counselors. Um, We spend a lot of time in schools. We spend a lot of time out in the community and we're all people who do this job because uh, we want to help. We want to help young adults be great adults and be successful. And we really, really do care about your kids. We care about your kids. We're not in this to, you know, we could have been police officers or we could have jobs where accountability is uh, or punishment is is the first step in what we do. and But that's not what we do. And that's not how we do it. We care about your kids. And there are some amazing probation counselors who are so invested in these young adults. It, it would blow your mind. It would absolutely blow your mind how hard they work for these families and for these parents and for these young adults. We pour our heart and soul into it. So in 32 years of being a probation counselor, can't tell you how many times former clients of mine came back to see me, sent me Christmas cards. It's, it's not, it's not because I'm anything special, um, but I know all you know, the probation counselors have the same experience. It's because they were thoroughly convinced that I really care for them. Yeah. When a former client comes in in his dress Marine uniform, because he's just finished boot camp and come, comes back to see me. It's incredible. It's incredible. So, so, you know, when you, when you, you've worked with kids for 32 years, some of them are in their thirties and forties now and, yeah. and come back and see me and they're 
husbands and wives and parents. Um, they've got kids of their own. And it's it's just amazing. It's so cool. But that that's the that's that's what we do. And that's you know, that's um that's where our heart is, that's where our hearts are. So yeah. I, I you know, um let us earn your trust, let us earn your respect. It's important to us, and we'll do everything we can to help your child get through this process, and we'll do everything we can to support you as a family and to be as healthy as possible because you're really important to us. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Angie. Okay, friends. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening to Unyielding. I really hope that you found this information helpful and that it served you in some way today. If you did, could you show some love to this community of mamas by leaving a review and subscribing? You know how lonely this journey can be. And when you leave positive reviews and subscribe, it makes a big difference in helping other struggling moms out there find us. Oh, and don't forget to check out Pathways to Hope Network's website. The link will always be in the show notes below, where you can access an ever-growing library of resources, like a list of local and national resources that may be helpful, a page entirely devoted to frequently asked questions, as well as our blogs that cover a variety of topics. When you visit the page, remember to subscribe so you're added to our monthly newsletter designed to encourage and educate you throughout this process and beyond. You also receive access to our closed Facebook group community, where we break down this podcast even deeper. Just a reminder, our closed group is a small group of parents just like you that understands what it's like to have a child going through the juvenile justice system. Take advantage of this opportunity to be part of a safe space where families can come together to talk about their struggles, help answer questions, and provide judgment-free encouragement. You can also find our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, where we post five days a week, posts designed to help keep you fighting. Remember, family is like life. It's a fight for territory, and once you stop fighting for what you want, what you don't want will automatically take over. Until next week, friends, remember we are stronger together.